The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSIP Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. that time again no it's not time to magically turn into a cheeseburger it's time for how you play the game the official podcast of the osa foundation incorporated yours truly jack for along with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned this is the second episode of the month of february the year is 2023 so glad you can be with us as always check us out online at osafoundation.org you can contact the show with the email address podcast at osafoundation.org and we're on social media at facebook.com slash osa foundation and twitter and instagram at osa foundation hashtag how you play the game we have a fantastic episode for you it's the first in a series of interviews that we're doing with people that we met in indianapolis at the nfhs officials consortium and i'm very pleased to have as our as our first guest in this series uh a man who i'm going to let him tell all about what he does because he does it much better than me uh the founder of offside uh, my dear friend, Mr. Brian Barlow. Brian, thanks so much for being here. How's everything going? Jack, you have set, you know, I've done thousands of these podcasts and live radio interviews, and you have such a great voice and, and presence about you. So kudos to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. They, I, I was in uh, sports media on the radio for a while, and that's only because people told me I had a face for radio. Yeah. So. Listen, I don't even have a face for a radio, so uh, I'm, I have a face for to be an official. So, so you're one step uh, above me. But no, wasn't the wasn't Indianapolis great? I mean, this, the the weather wasn't that good, but uh, wasn't wasn't that a lot of good information? I mean, I didn't even care about the weather because I don't even think I left the hotel, so it was fine. But it was it was. It, I mean, listen, if the biggest problem was that I had to get up in the morning, I think it was. I think it was a good time. I learned so much. Um, I made so many great connections, like with you and. Uh, you know, it, it really it was like a retreat. It it re-energized me in my attempts to try and 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 tackle this problem. Uh, as I'm sure you probably experienced something very very similar to that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You want to hear a funny story though, Please. real quick. So when at the at the hotel in Indianapolis, very nice. What was it, the Conrad, right? Yeah. Very very nice hotel. So um, that that first morning, um, uh, I was downstairs uh, with Brenda from Officially right. Human, and we were just kind of reviewing things on how the presentation was going to go and all that kind of stuff. Well, there was a bunch of breakfast laid out and all that, so I I thought it was for you know all of us at the conference. And I I go over there and I grab me some fruit and I grab me some cereal and I grab me some granola bar and some orange juice and some cranberry juice and and then i i walk over and i see all these guys in black um uh outfit in black jer black jerseys outfits runners and they're very athletic looking and you know I, I was thinking gosh is there another like official you know seminar here because i don't recognize any of these people and they look very athletic and we you know as officials we dress all in black as well of course yeah and so this gentleman walks over to me when I'm sitting right next to Brenda and he goes, sir, he goes, um, are, are you with the, with the bucks? And I go, the bucks, who, who are the bucks? And he goes, the NBA team, the, the Milwaukee bucks. Are you, are you? And I go, no, no, I'm not with them. And he goes, well, all that food that you just grabbed, it's for the team. They're playing. Uh, they're playing Indianapolis. Oh, no. Whoever the team is, in I'm, I'm not an NBA guy. And uh, he's like, it's it's all for those players. And and I go, oh my gosh! I said, I I thought it was all for you know all the officials. And, and he's like, no, we we hate the officials. Oh no! <laughs> and I'm like, you said that to the wrong person. So oh. I quickly did a uh, I diagnosed him on who I was and 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 why you know I, I was there. And anyway, long story short, made a friend. Oh, and that's good. The, and I think he's on the offside page now. Oh, thank so God. one less person that's going to be, be mean and rude to officials. I think I got him to think differently, which is the whole purpose of Loop, which was the presentation that Brendan yes. and I gave, was just it's a it's a it's an entire different mindset on how you should even as a parent, as a coach, as an official, as a player, a completely different mindset of how you should approach youth, specifically youth games, in regards to the treatment of officials. I mean, we have to reverse the way that we think and perceive officials it's 
because it's becoming so toxic and so yes. cancerous and and so unnecessary, Jack. So you unnecessary. Know, you're you're completely right. And at the very least, as I'm hearing that story, I'm thinking, well, just send one person up to our breakfast to make up for it, since you took from them. You know, because right. I'm sure right. you just yeah, described... who's the sinner? Send him up there. Exactly. I was going to say that's the same. That's the same layout that we had anyway. So <laughs> it's not like you know, it's not like they have, don't have more of that in the back room somewhere. You know, right, right, right. And I, I, don't, you know, I, don't, I don't pretend yeah. to know what's going on at the Conrad, but you know, yeah, and you know, so and 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 I took my girlfriend down there, and she she was with me. I think it's for So she was like walking around. She's like, oh my god, all these all these NBA players. I mean, she was like awestruck, and I'm like. <laughs> You know, as an official, you're just not awestruck by athletes anymore, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm more awestruck by officials. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know, you know a, a famous baseball player comes up to me. I'm like, hey, hey, how you doing? You know, Joe West comes up to me like, oh, my God, how are you? You know? Right. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I'm, I'm told. And it's and it's funny because, like, when I watch the uh, NFL playoffs or mm -hmm. even, even FIFA, uh, the World Cup, you know, I, I'm like, everyone's like, who you watching? Who you shooting? I'm like, the, the refs. Yeah. <laughs> the I refs. literally. They literally just asked me. I went out to lunch real quick, and the and a waitress says, "Well, who are you pulling for?" And I was like, "The officials, obviously, you know." And they looked at me like, "Why are you the way that you are?" And I said, "Well, there's a dissertation at home. Just come read it sometime." Yeah, you know? exactly. Well, you know, this weekend I was at. I'm, I'm a I'm Oklahoma State guy and um, big basketball guy, and mm -hmm. um, I was at the Gallagher Arena, which used to be the rowdiest arena in the country, right. and, and and not so much anymore, but. Uh, we've fallen on hard times ever since Eddie Sutton left and, and passed away. But uh, anyway, there's a there's a guy there that every game, every single game, he loses. He loses his mind. And so this past oh weekend, God. we had a 17-point uh, lead on um, – oh, gosh, who did we play? I don't even remember. Um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, and just losing his mind over the fact that uh, – oh, it was TCU. Uh, that we had now – we were down we, – we're leading by two, and he's like – this is the worst officiating crew. I cannot. And I'm, and I just wanted to go up there and I'm going to go, dude, you said the same thing the past three to four games. They all can't be the worst officiating yeah. crew. You are literally, you're 50 yards higher than the actual play. You have no angle. I want you, sir, to just continue. You chose to be a spectator. You, you're not an official. You chose to be a spectator today. So cheer on the pokes. Root them on. Have a good time. I promise you, they are far more qualified and at a far better angle and proximity mm -hmm. than you ever thought about being. Yes. And I, I and I assure you, sir, I assure you, they did not meet before the game to determine who they wanted to win. I promise. Yes. And I, I wish I could just say that to everybody that gets a, that gets aggravated at officials. It's just just. We lose our mind at these games and, and we lose all logic and we lose all thought process, logical thought process. Mm -hmm. And, and I, at some point, I want I want to have enough money where I can do a study on how that happens. Is it, is it truly just the makeup of, of an individual's DNA? Is it born? Are we groomed? And I do I do think this. I do think that we are sometimes groomed yes. to, to automatically hate officials question their authority, uh, don't take them serious, automatically assume that they're wrong because they didn't call it for us. But but there, I want some kind of scientific evidence that suggests what causes us to lose our emotional stability, our, our common sense, all of our logic. Like, I really want to know, is there a viable answer to this? Because I have met some really good people that I know when they go to their kids' games, aren't the same person I yeah. know. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I was, I was speaking with a couple of people about that because and in, in a, in a casual fashion. And I think it's a, a little of everything that you just said. Um, I always point to the movie, uh, 42 about Jackie Robinson. There's a scene in it where there's a father and a son in the stands and the dad is showing his kid about everything about baseball for the first time. You know, he's, he's at his first game with the, you know, and, and whatnot. And Jackie Robinson comes out and the dad starts yelling something racial at Jackie Robinson, and then the kid mimics that. And mm -hmm. and to me, that's you know that that's just a small piece of the pie that our our behavior is learned by rote, especially when you consider that kids want to emulate their parents, they want to be their heroes, whether that's uh, you know a star on TV or or a parent or a role model. 
if they if they and they want to grow up they want to be adult if they do those things that that will probably tell them that they will become adult and that just if anything is it'll just at least a catalyst into it and i'm sure like you said there are tons of people there are tons of people smarter than us who are who, who have the ability to look into that well you know we are we are we are a product of our environment right yeah. i mean and all, not just in youth sports but in, in in all areas of our life and and i man i i i, did, I just i wish which is all part of the offside page, by the way, is is capturing and, and listen, the offside page is somewhat controversial in some sense because some people don't like the fact that we shame people and yeah. behavior at youth sporting events. And let me preface this by saying I don't give a damn. Like yeah. I'm not for your permission. I don't need right. your permission and I don't care and you don't have to follow. I don't, it does not right. matter yes. to me that if you follow me. But what I and if you have a better solution, I'm probably going to be a fan. Like I'm a fan of solution. But but I you know what I think the most the most telling and powerful thing on the offside page is when one of those videos goes up that gets viral and people take a look at it and then they, and then they think to themselves, is that me? Do, yeah. do I do that? And I know that conversation happens. And I think, I, in fact, I know that it has reversed the trend reverse the trend for many many thousands of people because i have the messages the emails the texts the phone calls the conversations um but but I, but i wish you know there's only 100,000 people that follow that page if if i could get you know if i could get 10 to 50 million people not not for my own personal fame i i, I could care less about right. that i'm I, i'm an official and I, I that's what i love to do and i and i and quite frankly i wish the offside page didn't even exist like yep. I, I wish it didn't have to exist but but here we are that this is our reality and, and and if I could get, you know, millions of people to get on this page and take a look at that, or if there's video that accidentally ends up being them, I know that that's such a powerful thing that it, that it eventually, I, I think that's the one, this is the one tool that would eventually reverse the actionable uh, traits of cheeseburgerism, what we call mm -hmm. cheeseburgerism on the yes. page. It's so funny that you say that. We say that over here in OSIP all the time that our ultimate goal is to not exist. And, yeah. you know, it's 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 a sad reality, but it's the truth. And and speaking of the offside page on Facebook, I want to get into uh, your background a little bit to tell us kind of tell us the story of what led up to you starting that and, you know, and how the impetus kind of got the, mo the movement forward with everything that you've that you've been able to to champion. Would you hate it if you knew the offside page was a complete accident? No. OK, well, then I'll tell you the story. I'd love I'd love to hear it. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I was just an official, right? Right. I was a soccer official at the time, and you know, I was decent. I'm, there wasn't, I mean, I'm wasn't some like, oh my god, he's an amazing. He's going to be FIFA in two years. Like, you know, he's he's awesome. Right. Typical soccer ref, right? And um, you know, I I just I, I I hear things as an official. I all officials, we all hear. It doesn't matter what you officiate. We all hear the crap. You're just thinking, God, if these people only knew how first off inaccurate are inaccurate they are. Secondly, how desperate they sound. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, just how rude and toxic it is to the game and to the spirit of the game, right? And so I'm a marketing guy. Listen, I own a, a, a small marketing company. And, and you know, I, I tell people that sometimes you have to make people uncomfortable to get noticed. Sometimes yeah. you have to make a bold statement. So I started a Facebook page just, just because I'm pissed. I'm pissed. And I called it offside because in soccer, what do we hear all the time? All the time we hear, hey, it's offsides. Oh, you missed an offsides call. They call it offsides. Well, first off, it's never plural. It's always singular. So first off, you're wrong. You sound like an idiot immediately. You have no credibility. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so I called the page offside because that's how you say it. Right. It's not offsides. And I just started making fun of people. Now, when you're a ref, you know this, you can't really make fun of anyone. You've got right. your badge and your uniform on. You just go in, you do your job, you do the best your ability, move on. So I started the page on that premise, just, okay. just so I could mm, jab yeah. them back, right? Well, you know, I was funny. I'm I'm a little bit of a comedian guy. I have a sense of humor. You, you and know, me I'm, both. Yep. You know, I I you can you can insult me. I'm gonna insult you. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be fine regardless. Mm -hmm. Most people aren't like that, just yeah. FYI. <laughs> And so I started the page, had a little bit of a following, four or five thousand people, not 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 a huge following. And then so, somebody sent me a video, said, "Hey, Barley, you should send, put this on your offside page and tell people to stop treating officials like this." Well, the video was this woman that kicks a soccer ball at a youth referee, and this whole scene is just nasty, and it pissed me off. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm, I've got some marketing credentials to me. I've got a little bit of a following. I'm going to post that video. I'm going to make a bold statement. And I hope it makes people uncomfortable. So I did. I posted that video and I said, listen, if you ever capture referee abuse like this and you send it to me and we post it on this page, I'm going to give you $100. Well, that, 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 that video went viral. Wow. That message went viral. The page went viral. Mm -hmm. And within two to three weeks, I had the New York, and I, and I even said this in the presentation, I think that you watched. Yep. In two or three weeks, I had the New York Times literally at my house. Yeah. And they followed me for two or three days. And then one day, they published a story, and then everything changed. The offside page become a viral sensation in regards to youth sports. I became this referee advocate. And listen, I had to get my stuff in order, too. Like, I'm like, listen, if I'm going to start telling people how to act and start telling officials how they need to be a better fit, I need to get my stuff in order. So, yeah. So I literally spent two years just upgrade and, and you know, listen, as a as a as a middle-aged guy, that's hard to do in soccer, mm -hmm. by the mm -hmm. way. And uh so I did, I spent two years just honing my skills, training, losing weight, uh, getting better assignments, moving up the ladder uh in a very unconventional, very untraditional way. But I knew I didn't want to be just the average Joe saying, hey, you should do this and you should do that. And you should act this way and then not be really good at my craft. Right. Yeah. So um, so those two years, I also spent going across the country and even internationally speaking on every different network television show, every different net newscast, network newscast, um, talk shows. I mean, it was like it was really cool to get to experience that. Right. Um, <clears throat> But that's how the page grew, and that's how I become like this 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 advocate for not just soccer officials, but all officials in the treatment and 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 creating a culture and the perception of how refs should be managed and handled. You know, in the presentation, one of my favorite things in the in, in that whole seminar was the guy that said, um, we have to stop building multi-million dollar facilities and then forgetting that the officials need to change and throwing them in a closet or a bathroom. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I mean, I mean, I know for most people that's like, well, who cares? It's very minor. But but again, it goes all back to the whole understanding, the culture and the perception of how we treat officials who, by the way, are human and high participating citizens of society and, and and oftentimes these are these are people these are your lawyers these are guys that 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 run your trash trash route these are girls that are teachers these this is your 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 community that that is officiating and and now we're wondering Jack now we're wondering why no one wants to officiate why there's a high turnover rate why there's very little retainment uh, areas and why we have a problem with the way be, uh, behavior is at youth sporting events so all that to say. The offside page kind of exploded from that, and 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 here we are. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. And now you're you, the number of programs. It seems like that have spawned from that uh, is amazing. I was looking through it. You've got uh, the offside academy, the stuff they didn't teach yeah. you. Talk to me about that, dude. I, Jack, I am so excited about offside. So here's what many people that don't that that follow the page don't know about me. They so so a lot of people. And a matter of fact, whenever I travel, especially to youth uh, sporting events. Yeah, I, I do a lot of mentoring around the country mm -hmm. to soccer officials. And and it's funny, I, I, some people that follow, you run into people that follow you and they know who you are and all that. And some people don't like me, right? Because I, you know, listen, I'm loud. I say what I need to say. And right. again, I'm not looking to to get anyone's permission uh, and and all that. So um, no, I, I the Offside Academy is the second part of this of this problem. We don't do a good job in developing our young, inexperienced officials. Mm -hmm. We don't. All right. Then we throw them in the fire and we tell them, hey, well, here's your badge. But we don't give them the I call it the field of failure. We put them on the field and we let them fail and they get yelled at. They get harassed. They get intimidated. They swallow the whistle. The game gets out of control. Chaos ensues. And then we wonder why they don't want to come back. Well, listen, nobody wants 30, 40, 50 bucks and to be treated like that. Yeah. So I understand from a parent's and a coach's mentality why they get frustrated because a lot of times the officials aren't always equipped to do a good job. That's still not an excuse to act the way that you act. Yes. Okay. The, the referees are developing just like the players are developing, just like the coaches are developing. The FIFA referees, the NBA All Star referees aren't coming, the, the NFL Super Bowl referees aren't coming to little Sammy and Sally's game on Saturday. They're not. Yeah. 
So you have to put on your big boy and girl pants on. You have to put them on. Yeah. And you have to button them and zip them and act like a big boy and girl at your kid's game. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. So, but I get it. You get frustrated. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, yes, I slam people who act belligerent at youth sporting events because it's toxic. It's unnecessary. I'm not going to yell at your kid as an official, and you better not yell at mine, first off. Yeah. Secondly, Offsite Academy was launched because we don't teach them the things that they need to know to succeed. We we do teach them certain things. We do give them a badge, but we don't put them in a position of success. Mm-hmm. And so Offsite, so I so I went, I, I, I developed the ranks. Like I said, I was middle-aged, a little bit, a lot, well, quite a bit younger than I am now, but I had to go a very unconventional route. And so the way I had to learn was extremely difficult. I had a, you know, I was able, listen, I had to travel outside of my state to get bigger assignments. Some people here didn't want me to succeed because I was getting all this fame and right. fortune, they they thought. And so I was a little bit blackballed to some extent here locally. So I had to literally spread my wings. Fortunately, I have an airplane. <laughs> That's I, true. I, you are a pilot. Yep. And and I had to fly. I had to go, I had to go out of my own state and where people didn't necessarily know me and let me fail and succeed. And it was very difficult, but I got really good pretty quick. Pretty smart guy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and and so um I, I told myself, my God, if I can get to a point of credibility and I I'm a marketing guy, I come from television, I know how to write, I know how to produce, I'm going to produce a curriculum that actually puts our referees in a situation where they can be successful by giving them knowledge that isn't always given. Here's the thing. Most states, this is soccer, most states develop the few, the people that have potential, the people they like, the people they want to send to regionals and or possibly nationals. Those are the people, which I call it the top 3%. 97% of referees are labeled grassroots. The other 3% I'm fortunate enough to be in regional, national, those type of referees, they're constantly getting developed. Right. They look good. They play the part. They know how to officiate. They know man management and fitness and angle and proximity and, and relationship building and all that kind of stuff. But we don't we don't teach any of that to the 97%. Now, so, some of us do. Some states are pretty decent. But as a core, as a whole, we don't. And then we wonder why everyone's losing their shit and why our referees are leaving. Right. So Offside Academy was built, which, by the way, it's offsideschool.com if anyone here is interested in looking at it. Um, it was built to truly educate and, and to give our referees more tools, our soccer referees, more tools to actually grow and prosper and give them more confidence. So maybe, just maybe, they do look the part and they have a little bit more credibility when they do walk onto the pitch. And maybe that lowers the anxiety level from everyone around the pitch. And then maybe we can get back to basics. Maybe the game can go back to the kids. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's absolutely you. Just hearing that, it's inspiring to me to 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 have an ally in you like that because now I feel like I want it. I want to do that for 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 baseball officials now because what you just said is the same exact thing. I was going to ask you this question: Is it? Is it really? I, I've often wondered that. Is it like that in other sports? Yes, I think it is. I think it is like that. And I'm going to tell you why, because I was just going to ask you this question, and it was it's a legitimate question. It's not meant to be like a facetious question. You know, I'm the I'm the president of our local chapter here in New Jersey of baseball officials for all the high schools in my county. And we fight this battle about retention all the time. And the big thing that we're trying to figure out is outside of you know, the things like the, the factors you can't control, money, schedule, you know, the the the, the stuff that really, you, you know, it's, it's outside of everyone's control. It's just it's just what it is. We try and figure out what is it going to take to recruit and retain officials. And we're at the point now, this critical mass where we're just like, listen, we can't we don't feel like we have the ability to tell our officials like when I went through it and like when you went through it, you know, I I, I went through an eight week class. And it, it met weekly and whatnot. And then I was put into this cadet program and this mentoring program and this professional development program. And, and now we're at the point where we're saying, just come in. We're going to put you through a weekend crash yeah. course and whatnot. And and it, it's not ideal by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but we're, we're our hands are tied, you know? So so what, you know, we're robbing Peter to pay Paul here. 
What do we do about that? I mean, is there a solution other than just saying, listen, in order to service the schools that we need, we got to start doing stuff like this? Well, absolutely. There's a solution. And it goes back to that story I said in the presentation about the masters. We have to start telling. Okay, first, why are the officials not coming? They're not coming because they don't want the stupid 40 bucks to get treated like an animal for an hour, hour and a half, two hours. They don't want it. Yeah. Okay. so it go. You have to point the finger. Coach, coaches, administration to the coaches, whoever it is. Stop. Let me loop you in on something. They're not coming. And they're not getting better, and they're not getting developed. And at some point, you're not going to have games unless you change the way that you act. Yeah. And the, and you change the way you have to change the culture on how you treat our officials. So I so so to me, the solution is you have to you have to be an asshole. Yeah. Which I'm very good at being at times. And you have to say, listen, you're the problem. Yeah. Society is much different than it was when probably you and I were growing up. Okay. Yeah. It's just much different. And, but but we haven't changed. It's like the judicial system. The judicial, judicial system with all the technology, it hasn't changed. Politics hasn't changed. We have all this technology and society telling us that they're going to behave differently. And our, our officials telling us we're not coming because of it. And yet we're still doing the same things, wondering, well, why aren't the why, why, why isn't first off? Why do we have that official? I don't want that official. He's not a very good official. or She's not a very good official. And then they think they have choices when the reality is. You're lucky to even have someone that's breathing officiating your game. Yeah. So for me, the solution is you you have to throw it right back on the administration, right back on the leadership, and right back on the coaches. And 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 I think that's where it begins. And unfortunately, it, it trickles down. It, it, it's at the top. You know, watching these watching these um, MLB coaches and the way they act toward umpires and and MLB just allowing it to happen yeah. with no recourse or no public statement of hey, we're not going to allow you to treat our officials like that, right or wrong. You have no uh, credence to do that. So so, so to me, it, it, it goes back to that whole statement that I said is we have to start getting really comfortable making people uncomfortable. Yeah. Do you think that in terms of um, making people uncomfortable, that, 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 we, that we are kind of with our backs against the wall saying we don't have a choice but to do that as opposed to um, – customer service for example like i like the arguments that i hear sometimes are if we if we, if we do essentially what you're suggesting we're going to we're going to lose our contract and then you know it's not going to solve the problem yeah. but then we're 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 out of money out. And, and and stuff from the get go you know so so yeah. you know we have to compromise and which again pra- philosophically is not what you want but practically you're you're working with the with the with the army that you have, not the army you want. So so what what is the what is the medium the happy medium there? Well, I have a great answer for you. So okay, so you have two options: you either change your culture, or mm-hmm. you pony up. And what I mean by pony up, listen, I put Offside Academy together, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in time, and guess who paid for it? I did. Yeah, I paid for it myself out of my, out of my own pocket. We have to get people, leagues, administration, leadership, the coaches association, whatever it is. If they want the problem fixed, number one, change the culture. Number two, if you don't want to change the culture because you're unhappy with it, then pony up the money. I like Pay that. the referees more. Create a curriculum. Say, hey, listen, we'll create an entire cur- – if you don't think the referees are doing a good job, great. What do we need to work on? In your perception uh, as coaches, what do we need to work on? Yeah. And we as officials know what we need to work on as well. Oh, yeah. Create a curriculum and give it to the officials. All right, you want more officials? Great. Give us a marketing campaign money. How much you got? We're going to get at least 5000 If you want us to hit TikTok and Facebook where the target demographics are, you're going to need about $5,000 a month to make an impact. Do you have that money? Oh, you don't. Okay. Solution number three, sit down and shut up. Yeah. I love that. I gave you two, and the third one's completely on you. Yeah. You have three options. I love that. I absolutely love that, and 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 I, I I wish personally that I had more of the, we'll call it testicular fortitude to 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 just say that, you know. I think I think that's one of my weaknesses as an official, as as a leader. Sometimes is to you know is to is to not be able to just come out and say stuff like that, you know. So you know, well, as, yeah. uh, go ahead. Well, and you you know, I mean, listen, how do I say this? We're at a point. We're, we're taught as officials to not be seen and to blend in, right? Right. Like the game isn't about us. Right. And we know that. We're at a situation, though, where the game is about us because we don't have very many officials left. 
They're not coming back. We're not developing them. Our retainment percentage is very, very low. And the culture is as bad as it's ever been. And it's not getting better. All right. So what I try to do is I try to arm all of our officials, not to be an asshole, but to have the confidence to say, here are the expectations and how I'm going to manage this game or this situation. And my expectation is that you're going to be professional at all times. And I'm going to be professional at all times. And anytime that's jeopardized or in jeopardy, I'm, you're going to pay the consequence. All right. And, and what I mean by that is, is you're going to be warned. You're going to be carded. I don't know what, I don't know what it is in, in baseball, how, how that happened. You, you toss them. I don't, I don't know, yeah. but, but there's a, there's a level of professional uh, professionalism that's expected, but we as officials, my point to this is we have to start thinking that we have to blend in and stop. We have to stop thinking that. And we have to start thinking that in order for us to number one, get out of there alive, which is a thing. That is a thing. That's a thing. Number two, for us to get out with our integrity. Number three, for us to get out with the game being played in a fair, safe, professional manner. Number four, for the game, for the spirit and the image of the game to be protected, we're going to have to get a backbone. We got to get out of this mentality of we got to have thick skin and, well, he's, you know, he's the coach and I don't, I don't want to upset my assigner because I don't want the assign the coach to email or call the assigner. I don't want to be put on the bad list. We have to get out of that mentality. We have to be strong enough in our own craft. We have to be confident enough in our own craft to know there's an expectation. I'm here because I'm a professional and I expect you to be do the same. And if not, you won't be here. And that's okay. We have to get used to that. We have to be confident in our own craft. We have to have a backbone and be able to say, hey, I'm not here to be an asshole. I'm just here to protect the image of this game. And you're either going to follow suit with me or you're not going to be here to witness it. And the assigners, the assigners have to be the backbone with us. Okay, that's the other important equation to this thing is it's not just an officials thing. It's an official. How many assigners get nervous whenever too many coaches are getting, uh, uh, you know, uncomfortable or getting too much hate email and we as assigners i'm not a signer never would be you couldn't pay me enough to be an assigner but but you know listen how many assigners get uncomfortable like well i might not use this crew because they seem to be you know causing some stink okay we have to get out of that mentality yeah as assigners we have to start setting the expectation of hey this is my these are my referees these are my officials these are our expectations and i've told my officials I've personally told my officials, you fall out of line with these expectations. I applaud, encourage, and support any decision they make to protect all those thing, things that I just outlined. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. I mean, I, I, we we fight the same thing here because I think that, you know, at least in baseball, too, with, with the assigners, there's dual control, essentially, is that they, they are working both for uh, the officials and for the clients, the schools that they service. And they're stuck kind of between a rock and a hard place, you know, and, and I have to, I have to kind of read between the lines with our assigner sometimes, because I know he's, I I know what type of guy he is. I know, I know his personality and I almost have to like see through that, that, that hard exterior to know this is, this is eating at you. There, there's something going on deep and you're putting on a tough, uh, you know, a, a tough armor here and you're not letting people in. I know exactly what you're experiencing and, and it's, it's a reality, you know? And Jack, you know, one, one other thing, and I don't, I didn't even get to tell the story. I, I, during my presentation today, I wore that that band on my arm that said, "I've got Stop. it right here." Okay, perfect. You got one. Yep. Put that, put, put, show that to everybody. Great. So this is an armband for stock. And this is something any 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 sport can do, especially specifically at the youth level. Mm-hmm. There has to be, and and listen, there has to be a sense for for our young officials at every sport for the first four to five years of development, honestly, to where they know that they're safe and protected and completely off limits. And I think ultimately this is the answer to many of our problems. Much like all these U8, U10, U12, little league baseball camps, soccer leagues, we're all so worried about who's winning and losing with the players, the teams. You know, we're all, you know, what's the score? Who, who scored? You know, no, yeah. nobody cares. Yeah. Between that ages, it should all. And and listen, the the, the leagues and the the top level people at, at in every state and every league has to start making these decisions. We have to stop keeping score. We're in a situation to where they should all be about development. Yeah. 
and understanding the fundamental basics of that specific sport. And guess what? It has to be that way with the officials. So I'm encouraging putting some kind of, it doesn't even have to be those armbands, but something, whether it's a, a different color jersey than all the other officials, indicating I'm a one, two, three-year official, or I'm under a certain age, a minor. I For soccer in, in one of the leagues that I mentor, anyone younger than 18 wears these bands. It indicates to everybody, the coaches and the parents, that they're developing. Yeah, They're off limits. They're going to they're gonna jack some shit up. Yeah. <laughs> okay? And, and just like when little Sammy or, or Sally strikes out and doesn't even come close to hitting the ball, or when little Sammy and Sally wide open goal, shanks it, doesn't even go the direction of the goal, we laugh. And yeah. it's a moment. We, we have to start thinking about that with our officials. That's the only way that we're going to get our officials, number one, to come, number two, to stay. And here's the here's the crazy part. Number three, to become good enough to actually get developed into becoming a real asset in the officiating world and someone that can really benefit a game at some point. Mm-hmm. That's what we have to start doing. Yeah. And to me, in my heart, that that that's that's one of the real plausible solutions that we as a society, we in America, should look at all of our young games under it, whether it's 10, 11, 12, I don't care what it is, and, and say, hey, for the players, it's all about development. It's no longer wins and losses. And 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 same thing for the officials. Yeah. I like that. Um I had someone tell me this the other day, and I wanted to get your take on it. They were this is a baseball official, an experienced high school official who was trying to, you know, mentor to other officials and talk about sportsmanship and all and all the same stuff. And his his, his the, the starting point was: listen, as a baseball umpire, as an official, you're going to hear something. It's a matter of whether or not they cross a certain line. How does that compare to to your message? Because I fight that battle a lot, and because I would prefer, obviously, if we didn't hear anything. And yet, like you said, in baseball, that's almost you know you're you're, you're almost taught. Listen, you're going to hear some chirping. Yeah, and and so I know I know realistically, we're never going to get away from the typical. Come on, um, yeah, that's that's not a ball. That's a strike. Yeah. You know? whatever uh, yeah yeah so, so i i think there's i think there's one level of you're just never going to get rid of of, yep. of of this but i think once it becomes in soccer it's personal um provocative um uh, what's the other one there's another um p word but anyway once it becomes to- I, I tell people once it becomes toxic once it becomes so um personal that you really can't ignore it. once once your credentials are being questioned mm-hmm. continuously that's when we as officials have to and i and i tell soccer officials do it early and often yeah take charge early and often if you let that linger it becomes a side effect to everyone else around they start getting antsy as well they start again it's grooming they start yeah. going like, even if it's not their nature, well, I, now I'm getting agitated, and that was a strike, and he called it a ball, and that ump is terrible. Yeah. Right? So um, so I think I think there has to be a level of, okay, we understand people get frustrated. They want to say what they say. Let them right. say it. But there has to be that line to where once they cross that, and for me, for baseball, it would be easy for me. For baseball, I think there ha- you know, you have the you have the fence in the back, the the backstop, and then and then you have that long side on the third third line base and the and, and the first first line base, mm-hmm. right? I think there should be a section that once people start going a certain direction, there's just a section that is reserved for them. And then if they still can't, if they still can't, you know, handle it, off you go. Yeah. No, I like that. I like yeah. that. I was. I always say to people. I, I know. I talk. I think I might have talked about this in my book. And I. I think I said this at, at the, in the same meeting where this other person was presenting this. I said, it's. It's not always about the first reaction. It's about the second and any subsequent reaction. You know, if yeah. you go to a horror movie, and I'm not advocating people going to horror movies. Lord knows, I won't go to a horror movie. But if you go to a horror movie and something on the screen startles you, scares you, whatever, you're going to naturally jump. You're, you just. You. You don't have control over that. It's when the neck, you know, it's then if you decide to start screaming beyond that, that that we've that we've crossed the boundary. I know as a fan, if I'm watching a baseball game and I see something that's a close pitch or whatever, I might say like, ooh, or oh, where was that? Something like that. 
and then it stops. And I feel like that's kind of the illustration that I like to tell people is like, you're going to, you know, we all naturally groan at a close call. Sure. And then it's, 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 can you stop the groaning after that? Can you, can it stop right there? And can we move on beyond that? Yeah. And I, I think that's a great point. You know, sometimes I feel like officials, we've created this monster ourselves sometimes, but you know, I, I the, the, the line I hate the most is just ignore it. Yeah. I hate that's that just, too. That's just, the, that's just the way she is. Yeah. No, no. So, so yeah. So I, you know, I think, and I think, I think we become very lazy as officials when we hear stuff like that, like, well, God, we know it's going to be one of those games. Yeah. Right? I don't want to deal with that. So, and then what do we do? We leave it for the next crew. And then the next crew might be a younger or more inexperienced crew, inexperienced crew. And now they don't know what to do. They don't. And now their confidence is shaken. Now they might be intimidated. Now they are probably not going to do just the basics that they're comfortable knowing and doing because they're, they're shook They're You yeah. know, so, so for me, I, you know, I, I, I think I, you know, I wish I could, you know, and I've even thought about, man, if I could have like a, an official consortium where I invite all, you know, officials from all over the country. And I know there's some conferences out there, uh, yeah, conferences out there that are official driven, but there, there doesn't seem to be one to where, all, you know, it's just all the officials from all sports getting together and just saying, hey, hey, guys, you know, if, if I had if I had 10 minutes with all the officials, all the officials, I would say this, guys, we are our worst enemy sometimes first number one let's get let's get let's lose the you got to have thick skin yeah let's lose that mentality number two let's lose the mentality that we're not there to be seen or heard we are and for those that are good officials know you kind that that's natural for us but there's a time and a place and a reason that you're there yeah and and sometimes you have to make a point to let it be known why you're there mm-hmm. okay and the last thing i would say is we have to start teaching anyone and everyone below us that the stuff that happens early and loud publicly has to be stopped immediately. Yeah. You have to let people, not just the people that are doing it, but you have to have to let those people know and the people around those people know that you're not there to take any shit and you'll walk away just as quick as you got there. Yeah. We have yeah. to get in that mentality. And that makes a lot of people, especially the upper level officials, that the, the maybe some of the assigners and, and the club level type type guys, the, the, the leaders and the presidents of, of the makes them very uncomfortable to hear this. And I've I've had people ask me to not say this. But again, um, I'm okay making people uncomfortable. Um, we as officials have to change the way we approach games. Listen. I told the story of the guy in Detroit that was murdered and I went yeah. I flew down there and I met his family. And we just had a we just had another guy murdered in Vermont um last week. Yeah, um, I heard about that. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is a matter of life and death. Yeah. Okay. So as an official, don't tell me that I'm taking things too far. We're now in a matter of as an official, we're we're sometimes in a life and death situation. So 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 for me, the officials if if no one's going to change the culture, if no one's going to make the uncomfortable decisions to make people uncomfortable, if no one's going to set the new standard, if no one's going to get everyone together and say, hey, we're going to change things and then change things, then we as officials, we're the biggest and the loudest voice when we're unified, yep. when we're unified, when we're unified. Mm-hmm. And we're very close. The offside pages is an extreme portal to this. You have officials of all ages, from the highest of the high to the lowest of the lows in every single sport, all with a unified voice of, we're not tolerating this shit anymore, okay? So we have to understand, as officials, we are very powerful with a unified voice, but we are also our biggest advocates and our worst enemies. It's a powerful thing, Jack. What's that? It's a powerful thing. No, you're absolutely right. And that leads me to my next question, because as I'm going through the, the the page, I'm looking at some of the photos. A while ago, there was a photo posted of Joe West congratulating him on his retirement. And I'm looking at the comments. And yeah. there are there are officials following this page who are bashing him. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself... Yeah. Am I in bizarro world? Like, did did I did I have too much to drink before I started this research? What am I missing here? We can't be we can't be, you know, turncoating on our own people. 
three years ago, two or three, New Orleans, the Saints, went to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. There was a referee that made a very adversarial decision on a pass interference, call or no call. Yes. And this was one of one of the biggest um, ratings of my page. I, I haven't seen the activity as high as that 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 night. But I made a point of saying, I'm not the official, but I can tell you this: the official is is the most trained, prepared, and and willing participant of that game. Probably knows more football than all the people in that stadium combined. Okay, he might have made a mistake. There's a good chance that he didn't. And we have to be grown up and real enough to understand that until robots officiate, we have to accept that this is just part of a game yeah, and not want to kill him. And I had officials, I had officials from Louisiana in all sports trashing me wow. for making that statement. That's and insane. I just, and I, and I, I literally wrote a response, copied it, and that's how I responded to everybody. And it was something to the effect of, you are the exact reason I created the offside page. Whether you're an official or not, you're the exact reason I created the offside page, and you should be ashamed that that's your mentality. Yeah, it's we're going to make mistakes, and you know I always say this too: in that when when a mistake occurs, you know who the first person is who knows it, the official. Uh, yeah. I I if I if I go to make a call I, if I'm about to make a bad call I can almost it's almost like a Jedi mind trick thing like I can feel it as it's coming out yes. like this is wrong and I still yeah. do it you know yeah no I yeah no I I totally get what you're saying I was just gonna say uh, I was doing a D1 college game and I missed a red card red cards are you don't miss red cards yeah. in, in college right uh, you know you're not supposed to and I I missed a and 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 I knew it I I knew it I knew it after the game I I watched the replay I'm like God. And I, that ate on me for like a week or yeah. two weeks. And I, and I trained that, like I spent time like watching other videos and training myself on the considerations of, of red cards and serious foul play. And like we, when, when you're an upper level official, uh, you know it, and then you take action to not let that happen again. And most people don't, they don't know that. Yeah. What do you think is the, you know, the, 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 the key message that you would use to counsel people who, um, who are the officials who might have trouble growing that backbone as you as you as you call it? I, like it's easy. I want you to fail. Okay. I want you to fail. I, I tell I tell my referees, I want you to fail. Our greatest success comes from failure. Yeah. And this happens to me even in business, Jack. Like I've had businesses when I was younger. That I thought the world was coming to end. I had to bankrupt one of them. Uh, two of them failed just because bad infrastructure. And man, I thought, man, I'm the worst entrepreneur. I'm the worst business guy. Oh my god! But man, those those set the foundations of what I actually became. Yeah. And if not for those, I would have failed later in life and probably didn't have time to to rebound. And it's the same thing for officials. I when I fail, I become better. You have to have that mentality though. But even if you don't, our younger officials, we have to say, go out and make as many mistakes as you can today. Yeah. And then let's talk about them. Yeah. And let's look at it and let's review it and let's get better. Because I promise when you make a mistake, you remember those mistakes and you probably don't put yourself in a position to make them again. That's true. Especially, especially the big ones. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I mean, that's that's and, like and, stays with you. And most people, Jack, most people are fearful to say that. Yeah. They're fearful, fearful to tell their officials, go fail. And I've got your back still. Yeah. Listen, if it wasn't if it wasn't for I, I had a gentleman named Bill Pavarnik in Oklahoma. I whenever I really started to come up, I was laughed at um by my state administration because number one, I was middle aged. Number two, I was just an, an average to medium type referee. I was anything special. Um and I started this offside page that was getting a little bit of fame and everyone's like, oh, who, who is he? Yeah. Start, you know, and so you have all those things. I had one guy that walked up to me after I ran. Listen, I ran what's called the pro fitness test. And I literally had the administration laugh. I mean, like, you you know, you have to run the lap, the, the track 10 times, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. yeah. It was hard. <laughs> but I, I, I mentally, I told myself, I'm not, I'm not, not making it. Yeah. And I finished. Now, I was on the ground on my back for 10, 15 minutes afterwards. Okay? That's fair. 
But I had a guy come up to me and he was one of our top uh, mentors, assessors. And he goes, Barlow, I know what you're doing. And he goes, and I've got your back. He goes, I'm your guy. That guy took me on his shoulders. He prepared. He spent hours upon hours with me, training me, assessing me, nailing me, yelling at me, mm-hmm. embarrassed me one night in a, at, a, at, a, at a tournament where I gave a red card. And was it validated by the laws of the game? Sure. But was it good game management? No. Mm-hmm. And he just made an ass out of me. So mad at me. But all those things allowed me, like he allowed me to fail. He allowed he me being embarrassed was okay. Um so I, I think my point here is we have to we have to put our positions in scenarios where they know it's okay to fuck up a game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. Um you recently partnered with our friend Brenda Hilton at Officially Human. Love her. And she's she's wonderful. Um and you created Loop. Tell yeah. us about Loop, what we can do to be part of it, how how anybody can 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 support it the whole nine. So Loop is it's a systematic approach to try to get leagues, divisions, associations, anyone associated with collegiate, high school, youth sports, anyone that's having an, uh, a difficult time grasping that we have to change the way we manage officials, market officials, retain officials, develop officials, feed officials, and pay officials. We have to change all that, and we don't know how, and it's okay. So Brenda's great from an administrative standpoint, from an overall vision standpoint, from understanding what it's like to be uh, to, to, to assigning and housing and managing officials. And then you have a guy like me who is an upper level official uh, who now has turned into, you know, after what, five, six, seven years ago into this leading advocate and in, in, into the referee world. Right. So we join forces to say, hey, we know that the conversation is there and we know that most people know that there's a problem, but have very few resources or understanding on how to create a culture of changing the way that we manage, pay, recruit, retain all that officials. Right. right. Yeah. So, so, so loop is honestly, if you want to simplify what loop is, loop is getting everyone on the same page. It's, it's symbolism to say you're the problem, but you're also the solution. It loops right back around to you, mm-hmm. and and he, you can now hire an outside agency to help you with PR, to help you with official recruiting, to help you with official marketing, to help you with official culture, to help you with consultation, and even third party, even excuse me, even um, disciplinary, third party disciplinary mm-hmm. committees. You know, most associations and leagues they have these disciplinary committees, and there's relationships and the good old boy network. Yeah. So it's hard to you know outsource that outsource that yep. keep your hands clean you know and so and so that's what loop is loop is a, it's a, it's a it's a duopoly agency built specifically for those that are trying to find a way to uh support uh officials and 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 really help organizations understand that we're in a different time and you have to do some things differently mm-hmm. in order to stop the, the the gap of this division between officials and everyone else yeah yeah. Um, before we wrap, I wanted to make sure that I gave you the floor to <laughs> say anything, promote anything that we may have missed. And whatever you feel like, you know, the listener needs to take away from this that was not already highlighted so beautifully. The floor is yours. Whatever you need to say, please, because uh, I'm, I'm eating all of this up and I feel like if I keep going down my list of questions here, I'm going to miss something and I'm going to, I'm like, oh, I didn't ask that one. So I just want to, I want to put it on you now to, 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 to sum up, summarize and say whatever it is that you need to say. Jack, that's a lot of pressure. I know. It's a lot of pressure. Um, let me ask you this. Sure. Who's your, who's your core demo? I should ask you this before, but who's your core demo watching this? <sighs> that's a great question. I mean, we, 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 with sportsmanship, we we try and hit everybody, you know, because because we've had we've had the experiences, you know, or I've had the experiences in 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 every way uh, as a player, as a coach, as an official, as a fan, as as a media member, and there's something for everybody in in our message. You know, we have. You know, I think that when it comes to the podcast, you get more adults who may you know have uh you know a skin in the game, whether it's as an official or 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 as a fan things like that um you know I, I don't know how many players or 
or, or coaches are necessarily following us, and yet okay. they're the ones who need the message the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, they are. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are. They are. They are. You know. So um, yeah, one of the favorite things I like to say to to players when I officiate, and they're like, "What? What's that call, ref? What? Yeah. You know, why'd you make that call, ref? You missed that back there, or whatever." And you know, my favorite line to them is like, "Listen, dude, fourteen, come here, fourteen. What are what position are you? Oh, you're center. You're center forward." Listen, at no point today, 14, am I going to tell you when to shoot, when to pass, when not to shoot, when to dribble. I'm never going to tell you today how to play. Mm-hmm. And they always look at me and they're like, hmm. And I go, so you know what that means, right? And the good ones, the smart ones, like, yeah, we know. <laughs> the dumb ones, like, so you're not going to tell me how to officiate. At any other point in this game, yeah. that's the last thing I'm going to hear from you unless you're congratulating me patting me on the butt, telling me good job. We good? We on the same page? Yeah. That 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 usually can, you know, stops things. So what I, you know, if you're gonna so okay, give me the floor, right? You got me, yeah. give me the floor. So I would say this. I would say to anyone watching, um, and I need music. You know, you know, I'm a music guy, Jack. As am I. That's my day job. So I I I you know, I'm a music guy. I need a little background music, but that's okay. Um, the the one thing I want to say is I wish I had your voice. Um, <laughs> I'd probably be a lot more powerful. For a nominal fee, I can send it off to you. <laughs> there you go. I'd probably be a lot more powerful in my presentations if I had your voice. Um, but no, I would I would say that I think I think you know we have to just get back to the mentality of understanding that 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 the games are meant for children. They're mm-hmm. meant for development. They're meant for um, teaching our kids integrity. Uh, teaching our kids how to win with dignity, how to lose with grace. Um, and we're missing that. We're, yeah. we're missing that. And I can tell you as an official who used to do a lot of youth games that your children, your children are embarrassed by what you say, how you say it. They don't want you involved. You know what they want? They they want you there. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's times that they don't. That's true. Um, they want you there, but they want, to know that they have your full support, love and understanding. And so the most powerful thing, and I tell people, and I, you know, when I do these big presentations or whatever, I tell people, I'm like, the most powerful thing that you can do for your child is at the end of the game, is you go run up. And and, and I did this with my own kids. I, I, I'd, I'd run up after the game, they run up next to me and I'd just, I'd booty bump them. Yeah. Grab them. And I love watching you play. Love watching you play. And man, if, if we could get our parents to have that mentality and that approach, not the approach of well, when we get in the car, we're going to audit your performance. And yeah. I used to do that. Jack, I used to do that. I used to do that to my daughter specifically. Like I was, I, we, I like, Hey, you, you weren't on the back door. You missed a couple of shots in the back door. You got to play more aggressive. And you know, like I'm a soccer player You know, I grew up, I'd, I didn't reach the high levels, you know, I'd hurt my knee and which is why I got into officiating by the right. way. But you know, I, I I lived vicariously through my kids, and that's our number one mistake: is we live vicariously through our kids because either we didn't reach our full potential, or we weren't capable, or or we missed that part of our childhood, or we just miss it in general. We just miss being a kid, so we lived those moments through our kids, and 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 we have to we have to get under the understanding that these are not our moments, but we are stealing it, and I think it's criminal. We steal those moments from the game. We steal those moments from the kids because we're so selfish and we want to be heard and we want to be the loudest voice on the sideline. Make sure, you know, that ref's not cheating us. You know, we have to get out of that mentality and we have to understand the most powerful, profound thing and the most responsible thing that you can say after a child's game is just how much you enjoy watching them play and where are we going to go eat? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And 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 honestly, Jack, if we could just, if I could somehow just report that to the world and to all these millions of people that spend millions of dollars traveling and 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 going to youth sporting events and going to tournaments and league administration fees and registration, all if if, if we could just tell them all, come to the games. You're invited. Yeah. Come. But when you Get there. Remember, this isn't your moment. It's theirs. And if you take theirs, you're a criminal. And if you're a criminal, we're removing you from the park. I like that. And the, other, and the other and the other thing is the most powerful thing that you can say as a parent is what I just said. And if you say that, we've done your kid justice. We've done the game justice. And they're probably they're here's the key. They're probably when it can, gonna continue. Listen, I know so many players as my kids grew up that no longer play now 
because their kids grinded them to the grindstone. Yeah. And maybe if we don't do that, maybe they want to continue playing for us and maybe it becomes a hobby. Maybe it's something they do as they grow to be an adult, but we have to change our mindset as parents, as coaches, but more importantly, as administrators, as decision makers in youth sports, we have to start getting into the mindset of there's an expectation. You are invited. You're going to be just as quickly uninvited the moment you become a spectacle in the middle of a game. Yeah. And that's probably what I would leave you with. I love that. I love that. And and to kind of add on to that to a small degree, you you were mentioning how you how you were with your daughter. And I I, I almost want to just add on to that to say if she asks you, if, if if your kid asks you, the parent, for help, for you know, for whatever, that doesn't mean that you don't give it to them. It's 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 just don't. Yes. You know, we're not we're not giving it to them in that voluntarily. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. If, if they want to get better, you you know, be the parent that they want and 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 support them and and you know, give them everything that they could possibly want in 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 their desire to get better it's just not as you said you know you know grinding them down to the point where you're going to get better because i said you're going to get better and and so on and so forth well i and i have a prime example of that you know i i have a young uh, well he's no he's 18 now but he he's a he's a uh, a referee a soccer ref and mm-hmm. um whenever i realized he was starting to really get good and really liking it um and he knows who i am and he knows he knows where I've been and where I'm going and where I'm at. And I'm, I would be a tremendous resource to him. But I told him, I said, um, listen, when I cut and I love to watch him ref. I do. I love watching him ref. As a matter of fact, I don't, I, I will miss a game, my own game to go watch him ref. Really? And, but I told him, I told him many years ago, I said, listen, I'm never going to assess you as an official. I'm there to support you and watch you grow. If you ever need me, if you ever have questions, I want you to ask me and I'll tell you. But if you don't or if you want to get that information somewhere else, that's your prerogative. Mm -hmm. So I've traveled the country with him and he's only asked me maybe three or four times, Dad, what could I have done better? Dad, did I miss this? Or Dad, what did you think? And in those times are the only times that I've ever given him any feedback. And we have grown so close because of that. And I think I think it's key for, for any parent-child relationship. You have to give them the authority and the power to be in control of their own hobbies and their own potential. And we oftentimes get in the way of that because we get it. Listen, it would have been very easy and excitable for me to, to be like, dude, you're gonna be so good. I'm gonna give you everything that I've got. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna pour it into you mm-hmm. because you know I've got it. I'm gonna pour it into you. But no, I, I put him around people of influence instead and I let them build him up. And now, now he only comes to me when he has a serious question or if he really wants my opinion. Other than that, he knows I'm just there to support him. That's it. That's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. Um, Brian, I can't, I can't thank you enough. You, you know, you are an inspiration to people like me who are trying to fight the good fight along with you. And, you know, I, I, I know I said this to you in Indianapolis, but I, I mean it, whatever I or we can do to, to align with you and your mission, um, say the word we're there. I, I, my, my day job is non-existent for that reason. So whatever you need, you know, we, we, we want to be on board. Um, and, and, you know, don't don't hesitate to reach out. We're 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 on the same page, and it has been uh, a joy and a blessing uh, to talk with you and to to get your opinion on this stuff. And I'm sure we'll stay in touch. And and I wish you nothing but even more success than you already have to 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 keep on fighting this fight. And and we're always going to be in your corner, dude. I appreciate. It. Let's just keep shooting down those cheeseburgers and let's see where we're at in a couple of years or four or five. And hell, we might be in a worse position, but I, I know I'm, I know people like you and me, we're going to put the good fight in and, and uh, at some point something's going to give, right. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have to absolutely. And, and listen, I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to another official's funeral. I'm not. Yeah. Not. So yeah. something's got to give. Amen. Amen. And I will never eat a cheeseburger the same way I- ever again, you know? 
and I love cheeseburgers. <laughs> I know. You know, it's funny. I, I posted a pic years ago of me eating a cheeseburger, and and I it was one of my mo- one of my more viral pics. But people were like, "I didn't think you would eat cheeseburgers, <laughs> real cheese." You know, it's like, no, I, I still love cheeseburgers, just not not the kind of the youth sporting event. Yes, yes, I don't. You know, it's it's a weird like Hannibal mm-hmm. Lecter type of thing. I think if you yes. cross the, you know, and eventually it's just, uh, you know, yeah. that's that's my sixth sense of humor. There you um, go. Once again, uh, Brian, thank you. Uh, the, the, it's, the, the, the program Offside is on Facebook. You've got uh, OffsideSchool.com, which is the Offside Academy. Yep. Um, you've got Loop with uh, Officially Human. Yep. And, and what did I miss anything here? I'm looking at all my notes. I can't like writing all these things down. Anything if else anyone I has tickets this year to the Masters, I'm in need. That's a good <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here just trying to get out and play 18 holes in friggin' February. You know? uh, yeah, no, I get you're, it. You're on the big it. stage. I know, I know. Uh, that, that's how you can help me, Jack. Give me some tickets to the Masters. I am on it. Tickets <laughs> to the Masters. Masters. Okay. Send to Barlow. Okay. I, I am going to dip into what remains of the OSIP budget and just, Look and into just it. take care of that. Okay. Thank you. Thank so, you, Jack. Uh, it's it's an absolute pleasure, and and we'll we'll stay in touch. And to all of our listeners, thank you for for joining us. As always, check us out at osafoundation.org. Use the email address podcast at osafoundation.org. Twitter and Instagram uh, at osafoundation. Hashtag how you play the game. Facebook.com slash osafoundation. I've lost the ability to speak because I'm going through so much stuff right now. We'll talk to everybody in just a few couple a few short weeks. Until then, everybody treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.